1: Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
0: Hi, my name is Grigor Dimitrov, and you're listening to Tennis Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm
2: Mats Vilander, and you are listening to The Tennis Podcast.
0: Well, hello, and welcome
1: to The Tennis Podcast. You join us here in Melbourne on the brink of the first Grand Slam Tennis Tournament of the year. I'm happy to say that alongside me, David Law, here on The Tennis Podcast, is the returning Catherine Whittaker. Catherine, how are you doing?
3: You've let me back. I, I, am, I am graciously received once again on the Tennis Podcast.
1: Yeah, I did have to think about it.
3: You <laughs> had to think about it. But you have found someone better to talk to you as well. I
1: have. Gigi Salmon. <laughs> Part of the BBC Radio 5 Live tennis team alongside myself and Russell Fuller. We're going to be here for the next two and a half weeks to talk tennis, to commentate about tennis And Gigi, this is your first time here, isn't it?
2: It is, and I don't think I fully appreciate it yet because I flew in last night and I'm half asleep and everything's a little bit blurry. But from what I've been able to make out, it's fabulous and I'm very happy to be here. I'm looking forward to what I think is going to be an awesome tournament.
1: Just describe the scene. Where are we at the moment?
2: We're sitting in the garden outside. Let's call it the garden area. There's a fountain to our left. There's a huge screen to our right, which luckily the match has just finished because that was getting a little bit noisy. There's tables and chairs. There's a few people. This is my favourite time, a couple of days before Grand Slam starts when there's not that many people allowed in. There's not that many. just a few people milling around and getting set up and the sun is shining. And I wish it could be like this, but imagine if we're sat here at this time time on Monday it's going to be Chaos, but right now it's perfect.
1: It sure is going to be chaos because this, this is the equivalent of Henman Hill, isn't it, really, uh, Catherine, where everybody congregates to watch the big screen. I was out earlier watching some of the qualifying matches, there was plenty going on here. But on Monday, when things get started, and Craig tyler the tournament director, has just released the order of play for Monday, and it is mouth-watering stuff, and particularly the court behind you from where we look, the brand new uh, Margaret Court Arena, which has a roof on it has got a really special order of play. But this is going to be absolutely packed to the brim, isn't it, this place now, on on, on Monday?
3: We're essentially sitting in Tennis Paradise right now in Garden Square uh, here in Melbourne Park. And, uh, yeah, Monday, I mean, as you mentioned, Margaret Court Arena, they are christening it in some style on Monday. Andy Murray, Andy Murray is going to be on Margaret Court Arena on Monday. And Jeannie Bouchard, I think, as well. So, uh, yeah, this particular spot that we're sitting in right now, I always have to walk through it on my way out. So if I'm ever lucky enough to finish before the end of play, I have to walk through here. And I'm always lured in to sit down as a member of the crowd and watch on the big screen. I never, ever end up leaving before the end of play because I'm always lured in by the appeal of just sitting and watching in this fantastic spot.
1: Absolutely. And Nick Kyrgios as well will also be the final match in the evening session on Monday on the Margaret Court Arena, on the Rod Laver Arena. Uh, we start with Rafael Nadal in the afternoon up against Mikhail Yushni.
3: Did you almost just call it the Roger Laver Arena? Did you, you almost that. just create the... The, the dream tennis player. Just imagine that. Imagine a
1: hybrid of Roger Federer and Rod Laver, Gigi.
3: I think if you put that to Roger, that maybe they
2: rename that arena once he <laughs> retires. The the Roger Laver Arena. I think he'd quite like it. But that would that would be a fantastic player, wouldn't it, Roger Laver? Just a mixture of the two. The best bits of both would be a stunning tennis player.
1: Who would win out of Roger Laver oh. and Bjorn Nadal? <laughs>
3: You, you always give me the difficult questions. I'll go Roger Lever, I think.
1: Well, yeah, but what about the surface? Uh, well, what if it's yeah, on clay?
3: Yeah, and well, you, did, you gave me a very open-ended question, and I gave you an answer. Roger Laver,
2: all the way.
1: About usually, yeah.
2: And I was going to say, what about the surface? Obviously, Bjorn Nadal, if it's on if it's on clay, and if it's on heart, will go with Roger Laver.
1: I'm going to go for Andre Sampras to beat the lot. Now, you didn't uh,
3: give us that option.
1: No, no well... I didn't that, have that option.
3: This, no. This is the problem with David holding the mic, you see.
1: That's right. I can just sort of fade you in. What were you saying again?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, now, uh, what else is happening on uh, Monday, apart from Mikhail Yuzhny, who incidentally has won four times against Rafa Nadal in his career, including at the US Open. He's playing the Dahl in the first round in the Rod Laver Arena on Monday afternoon. Then in the evening session, it's Roger Federer against Yusin Liu, who's a good player, but you wouldn't expect too many troubles there for Roger Federer, would you, Catherine?
3: I certainly wouldn't know. I remember Yen Sun Liu uh, upsetting Andy Roddick at Wimbledon some years back. did fantastically well. I think out on court too, but I'm not predicting the same heroics. Again. He
1: also beat uh, Andy Murray at the, uh, the Olympics, uh, I think it was in Beijing, wasn't it? In 2008?
2: But I think you've just answered the question. It was in 2008. And look what Roger Federer has done since then, the resurgence of him last year. I think it would be a very brave slash stupid person to not pick Roger Federer to come through that in straight sets.
1: I'm quite capable of being sufficiently stupid to do that but uh, on this occasion I'm going to keep my counsel and not do that. Now uh, the tennis podcast is here in Melbourne for the first Grand Slam tennis tournament of the year the draw has been made there's been lots going on in the last couple of weeks though since Anki Othavong joined me in the BT Sports Studios when we were talking about the first couple of days of the the tennis tour and Brisbane was just getting underway. Maria Sharapova how about the form she's in she won the tournament there beating Anna Ivanova in the final and do you know what, I'm going to come right out and say it right here, now we've been asking on on Twitter at Tennis Podcast for your singles finalists in both the men's and the women's draws, your upset of the tournament and your surprise package I'm going to say it ladies right here right now, Maria Sharapova is going all the way, she's not only only going to reach the final, she's going to win the title and she's going to beat Serena Williams in the final, how about that Shiji?
2: I can answer by saying she's not even made my final i'm afraid maria sharapova is not in my australian open singles final who is who is (laughs) serena williams
3: against simona halep
1: blimey what about you catherine
3: she's in my final but she's not beating serena
1: she hasn't beaten her since 2004 wimbledon but she's looking sharper than i think i can ever remember
3: that's exactly but she's looked pretty sharp on each of the occasions that they've met since Wimbledon 2004 and it just has fallen so far short on pretty much every occasion. There's just no empirical evidence to suggest that Sharapova can beat Serena Williams, I'm afraid. I I agree with you, she's looking sensational and in all of her pre-tournament media today she looks so fantastically relaxed and it's great to see her in that shape but... I just think Serena is too big an obstacle for her.
1: Serena had to have an espresso coffee during the Hotman Cup to wake herself up, Gigi.
2: And she lost to Agnieszka Radvanska and Eugenie Bouchard, two defeats you wouldn't normally see. And at her... She'd never
1: lost to Radvanska and before. at her
2: press conference today... At a press conference today she said look it's been a little bit weird it's, it's been a bit funny i worked i tried to work on my volleys in the close season she doesn't have sasha her hitting partner cuz he's injured at the moment she says she's speaking tennis french at tennis all day which is exhausting and that her english is suffering <laughs> maybe the tennis is suffering a little bit too but she's one of those players you bring her into a grand slam She wants it. She said, look, I've been trying to get another one here for years and years and years. And I really want this one. I think Maria Sharapova, she's on it and she's fierce. But for me, Simona Haller, I just think the girl has got nerves of steel. She's not under pressure. She is playing so well. She's still a slight dark horse despite being three in the world because not that many people really talk about her but her game is beautiful to watch she's got a new Romanian coach a Romanian team all around her and I'm just going for Halep to get her way through that draw
1: you were in that press conference with Halep today weren't you when she was talking about you know all these players that talk about their warm weather training she was training in the snow
2: she was training in the snow. She said, I wanted to go home. I wanted to be close to my family. Most people head for the sunshine and want to be warm. But I like being there. When I'm in the centre of Romania, they, they want to talk to me and take pictures. But I go out into the snow. I'm near my family. I can focus. I can concentrate. She said, I feel absolutely zero pressure. She loves working with Victor. They've known each other for a long time. Wim Forsett, who got it to three in the world, He is no more, and he said afterwards when that ended, she likes changes. Simona Halep gets bored. She needs people around her. She needs different people around her. She has someone different around her. She looks sharp, confident. The stomach bug is gone that made her pull out of Sydney. She won at Shenzhen at the start of the year. She's trained in the snow. The girl is ready.
1: Is she going to win it?
2: I, shall i just say yes i'm gonna say yes there
1: we go <laughs> there we are uh now Catherine, uh, a little like simona Hallop who dumps her coach when she's three in the world and she's just had the best year of her career you've taken the tennis podcast to the heights that it is now in and uh, i hear you're about to dump the tennis podcast in favor of working uh, uh, behind the scenes for tennis australia over the next couple of weeks
3: I, I i can wear two hats david just as you're doing right this moment we're, we're two hat people
1: Two hat people, absolutely, that's what we are. I'm here for BBC Radio 5 Live alongside Gigi and our coverage starts on Monday. And also 5 Live Sports Extra for the evening session, so morning time in the UK. My word, it's going to be good. Every morning, a couple of the matches on the Rod Laver Arena or wherever the tennis is really happening. We have a show called Tennis Breakfast as well, so all of your needs are covered. Now, the men's draw. What have we got going on there? Who's going to be the finalists for you? It's a fascinating draw, isn't it? Particularly in that Roger Federer section, because he could play Andy Murray in the quarters, but Andy Murray could play Dimitrov in the fourth round. And then there's Rafael Nadal in that half of the draw too.
3: I know I can't decide what I want to see more, a Federer-Dimitrov quarterfinal or a Federer-Murray quarterfinal. It's a shame that both of those things can't happen because in a, in a, tennis purists world both of those matches would take place during this fortnight but anyway uh, for my predictions I'm being ever so bold and predicting that the number one and two seeds will make the final I'm predicting a Federer Djokovic final followed by a Federer victory an 18th I I, I said he'd win another one
1: You, you, you think he's going to fight his way past Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic to win this title
3: Yeah, for me, I know Rafa is the king of playing down expectations, particularly when he's on a comeback, which he has been at various different times during his career already. This is about his 15th comeback, and he's proven pretty good at them so far. But I do think on this occasion, he isn't quite 100%. In Doha last week, he was very clear that conditions were not ideal for his comeback in the way that they were in 2013. And he was coming back on a small tournament on the clay. He had plenty of lead up time to get match practice under his belt ahead of the French Open. It's very, very different circumstances this time. I almost get the feeling that he's he's had to rush it a bit in order to be back for the Australian. I I don't think Nadal is the force that he could be at this tournament. And for that reason, I think conditions are right for Federer to beat him, which he struggles with. And uh, I I don't see anybody else being a massive trouble to Roger Federer. He just looks amazing to me. And I I see no, no barrier big enough to prevent him reaching the final. I'm backing Catherine
2: 100% on this one I think with the Federer win for me it's a little bit heart over head because I, I just want him to continue forever is, there's nothing that gives you more joy than watching Roger Federer out on court it's, everything about his game is wonderful it's not doing a disservice to Djokovic but it's something everyone says about Djokovic there is just something that I can't quite attach myself to him he's such a wonderful player he's a champion, he's a master he's got those hurdles of marriage and the first baby out of the way that could have been a distraction and I think in his half of the draw he's going to sail through The guy is just fantastic. But for me, Roger Federer, the comeback he had getting through the injuries, having two sets of twins, not one set, but two sets. I know he's got a lot of help going on there, but that relationship with Stefan Edberg, how he's playing, the confidence, just how he looks on court at the moment and how he's moving. Nadal... I don't think he's ready yet. I think he needs, I think it was very close that he didn't come here and he went onto the clay, but I think he thought, hang on a second, I've got to be here as finalist last year. But I, I have to be back at Australia. I don't think he's ready. I think he needs a lot more matches under his belt. Andy Murray, I think he's still finding his way with his team and finding himself and, and getting himself back there. Dimitrov... Yes, he's a wonderful talent. When is he going to break through? He won the three titles on three different surfaces last year. He's so talented. Is he going to come through? Maybe he is, but I still put him a little bit behind Nishikori and Raonic in that rise to the top. So, for me, it's Djokovic, Federer, and as I say, if, if you gave me a thousand pounds and I had to put it on someone, that might change my decision. But right now, at this moment, I'll go with Federer winning the final.
1: Give me a thousand pounds if you like. Oh, they've just high-fived, Catherine and uh, Shiji have, because they've agreed on their final pick. Now, Rafael Nadal fans, don't worry, I'm in your corner here. Rafael Nadal, over the best of five sets, has time, in the words of Jim Courier, the great champion of this tournament, to problem-solve. He can come through those crises early on, he can play his way into form... If you stick Rafael Nadal on a tennis court over the best of five sets against Roger Federer, he wins. It is as simple as that. When was the last time Roger Federer beat Rafael Nadal over the best of five sets? I think you are going back eight years to the 2007 Wimbledon final it's a long time and the reason is because stars make matches and now the biggest chance that Federer has of finding his way past Nadal in my view is that Nadal doesn't get there.
2: I just think mentally at the moment they're in different places and I know we talk about the strength of Nadal but just listening to his press conference I know he plays things down but I just don't think mentally he's that I think so much has gone on and he came back from the comeback and then things went wrong and I think Roger Federer is in an altogether different place winning the Davis Cup with Switzerland that was that trophy that final trophy then that thousandth career win. I just think they're in very different places on a mental approach to this and I now think Roger Federer thinks I know it's five sets but at the moment I'm in the right place. I know Nadal is so mentally strong but I think he's been knocked one too many times and I think from watching him at the start of the year that confidence is just missing and I don't think he believes he's ready to come here and win this title and that's a really big hurdle.
1: Yeah, but that can grow. couple of matches over the best of five sets, play his way into form, and suddenly you've got a snarling Rafael Nadal with steam coming out of his nostrils, and you try and stop him, Catherine, Whitaker.
3: It can, but it won't. It, ca- it can happen, but I just don't think it will. And Gigi agrees with me, so you're completely well, out. When, when do you think, think he's going to lose? Warm.
1: When do you think Nadal's going to lose?
3: I... I... That's a tricky one. I was really, I, when I was considering my, um, we, we're all going to pick our upsets and our surprise packages. We've picked our winners. We're going to pick our upsets and surprise packages shortly. I was hotly debating whether or not to pick Nadal as my upset. And then I was thinking what would constitute an upset for Rafa because for me, expectations are quite low, I think, of him here. I mean, he lost first, he's not played, he's lost. You reached
1: the final last year.
3: OK, but his last two losses have been to players outside the top 100. His last five losses have been to players ranked pretty pretty lowly, not to any players ranked within the top 10. Were any of those
1: Grand Slam tournaments?
3: No, and I agree with you, it's different. But I, I think Gigi put the point ex- extremely well that things are just a bit different for Rafa at this tournament this year. We, we can't just go on his past form... At this tournament and at other Grand Slams, I do think that things are just not in place for him in the way they have been before.
1: The beauty is, ladies and gentlemen, we will see. We will see. And in a couple of days, Catherine Gigi, when he's just thrashed one or two early on, Mikhail Yuzhny, I'm looking at you. (laughs) Maybe, although usually, as I said, has won four times against Nadal. We may be having a very, very different conversation, and I'm happy that the tennis podcast is a is a a record of this conversation.
3: The beauty is that so many people will be listening to this, with the results already decided. They'll be literally laughing as I'm talking right now. So uh, that is the beauty of a podcast.
1: It sure is. Now uh, that out the way, I have to say I have Nadal going all the way. Uh, to to reach the final and play Novak Djokovic in the final and ultimately lose to Djokovic in the final I've got two ladies shaking their heads in front of me looking at me as though I've well I won't I won't say what it is but they're looking at me as though I don't know what I'm talking about I have to say that (laughs) Gigi. I
2: I don't I, I think the next thing I could tell you might mean that I'm
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right.
2: Never invited back on this podcast. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, now,
1: uh, who else have we got? So, yeah, basically, I, I see it that Nadal gets through to probably play Federer and just does to him what he did last year. Because when Federer beat Songer last year here and then followed it, followed it up with a, with a world-class win over Andy Murray, in which, you know, I, I went into the semi-final between Nadal and Federer last year believing Federer was in the sort of form that would knock Nadal out. And he lost in straight sets. He lost in straight
3: sets. Yep. I I can only keep saying what I've already said, David. Things are different this year.
1: I'll tell you what is different. The speed of the court. The speed of the court. It's quick this year, isn't it? Apparently, everybody's saying it, and that should favour Federer.
3: Should absolutely should favour Federer. Yeah, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be rubbing his hands together, as am I, having just predicted Federer to win. We're both rubbing our hands together. And if
2: maybe we do a rain dance and they shut the roof, oh, <laughs> then the odds are slashed on Federer coming through that
1: well, one. Well, that's yeah. true, yeah. And there's three courts now. They can shut the roofs on any court they fancy. Dear, oh, dear, the Margaret Court Arena with the sun just setting behind it now. Oh, it's a wonderful sight. It's going to be a great couple of weeks, folks. Now, what else is going to happen? Upsets. Upsets. What have you got so far?
3: Uh, In the women's, I think Sabine Lisicki. I know she's not, you know, top-ranked player, but uh, she's got a tricky first-round draw with Kiki Modenevich. I think she could struggle there quite significantly. And I think in terms of big top seeds that could lose earlier than expected, I think Jeannie Bouchard could uh, stumble upon some trouble against Svetlana Kuznetsova. I think Kuznetsova loves it here. She's so experienced. And I think Bouchard could be in for a bit of a tricky year it's, it's the difficult second album isn't it for her so um, she's coming in here with so much spotlight on her I, if I have to pick a, a top ten seed to potentially lose early she's the one I'm going for
1: What about you Gigi?
3: And just to say on Bouchard, she
2: split up with Nick Saviano that got her up into the top ten and got her to the first Grand Slam finals. But interesting to see how she reacts. Now this is what I was going to say a minute ago when I said that David wouldn't invite me back on the podcast because I'm going for world number 47 in 2008 Australian Open quarter-finalist Mikhail Yuzhany to defeat Rafael Nadal in round one. There it is. So maybe that was the last thing I will ever say on the tennis podcast. And
3: that- Bold predictions are more than welcome here on the tennis podcast. If you if you want to say anything as bold as it's the biggest foregone conclusion in tennis history, anything like that, those those words are welcome here.
1: Those words have been uttered <laughs> by the woman to my right. Now, uh, Rafael Nadal fans, I'll leave you to just digest that and uh, and let us know what you think at tennis podcasts. I disagree with Gigi, so you know I'm with you. Now. What do I think is going to be the big upset? I reckon we're going to lose Caroline Wozniacki in the first week. I think we're going to lose Caroline Wozniacki, in a, and uh, she has a bit of a wrist problem. We saw a pull out of a match uh, last week in Sydney. I think it was against Barbara Zaloveva, and So I don't think she's going to make it beyond the first week. There's a good reason for it as well. The draw she has is pretty horrendous. She She's got Taylor Townsend in the first round. You would expect her experience if she is fit enough we'll see her through that one and then she's got the winner of what they call in America the popcorn match between Sloane Stephens and Victoria Azarenka that was a semi-final here a couple of years ago Catherine Whitaker. both of those two players are unseeded, so I don't know I don't know who's coming through that one but well, I've got my suspicions but I think either one of them could and probably will beat Caroline Wozniacki.
3: Well, first and foremost, the expression "popcorn match" is banned on the tennis podcast. That's been covered in previous editions. So, strike one against you. Well, strike two for predicting Rafa to make the final. So you're on your you're on your. i on thin one. ice here. Yeah, you are. Um, I don't think that's that outlandish. And she she hates playing Zverev over Strichkova, So if she doesn't lose against Taylor Townsend or one of uh, Sloane Stevens and Azarenka, then she could very well lose to Zverev over Strichkova. So I. I don't think you're uh, too far off there.
1: And and my surprise package for the tournament also comes from that section. I think Victoria Azarenka is going to come through that section of the draw and actually find a way past Sloane Stephens in the first round beat Caroline Wozniacki in the second round and start making some waves but I do think Barbara Zanoveva Stritzover is a problem in round three well,
2: When it comes to surprise package, how much of a surprise yeah. is it for someone who's won this twice and I know she had foot problems but Sloane Stephens is a disappointment, she's a frustrating disappointment so I think we can put that down for the first thing. Caroline Wozniacki does have a wrist problem so there's a weakness in the opponent Victoria Azarenka, I don't care how long she was out for, four Former number one Grand Slam champion. That cannot be a surprise to come through
3: two rounds, David Law. This is the, you're learning, though. This is what David does on the Tennis Podcast. This is what he, he thinks. Predicting a former Grand Slam champion, <coughs> Juan Martín Del Potro, to win another Grand Slam, which by the way is an unfulfilled prediction counts is counts as something outlandish and he thinks vague terms such as will take up Roger Federer will take our breath away one more time
1: wish he did breath duly extracted many times over since
3: i I'm, I'm glad i've got back up here to uh to call you out on your not so bold predictions, we're wait,
1: wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Victoria Azarenka managed the grand total of 24 matches played last year because of injury. She's ranked outside the seeded positions. She's up against Sloane Stephens, who's been to a Grand Slam semi-final. I'm saying she's then going to beat the most recent Grand Slam finalist who's injured? in Caroline Wozniacki. Who's
2: injured? Caroline Wozniacki is injured at the moment. Sloane Stephens has hardly done anything since. She has had the most frustrating year, and she's unseeded, which proves that she hasn't been doing well at the moment. Victoria Zarenka took extra time out to sort out the foot problems. This girl is a fighter. She's a winner. I don't think it will be easy. I can see three sets against Sloane Stephens, but I just don't see that as a
3: surprise,
1: I don't like this, Gigi, Samuel. We're not having her on again.
3: We are having her on every time. (laughs) Every time, I tell you.
1: Yes, well, Okay. Uh, Well... (laughs) I, I don't know what to say, listeners. I, I said Azarenka's my big surprise package and I've been shouted down. Goodness me. Well, anyway, I'm sticking with it. I, I don't care. I think she is an underdog this year. And actually, she's got the worst draw imaginable. Imagine if you'd got to get to the to, to the title match, to, to even the semi-finals, and fight your way past Sloane Stephens. On paper, Gigi, I know these injuries and all the rest of it. Sloane Stephens, Caroline Wozniacki, Barbara Zaloveva stritzover quarter against Serena Williams. Oh, well done, you're in the quarter-finals. <laughs>
2: It's difficult, and I think out of those, uh, Bob zalhova Stritzva, she's a tough cook. I mean, she's a feisty little one. When she's on it, she's unstoppable, but then she can self-combust. And I think that would be, for Azarenka, the really tricky one. If Wozniaki, if that wrist really is a problem. If Wozniacki, if the wrist isn't such a problem, I'd see Wozniacki coming through against Azarenka. I don't see Sloane-Stevens a problem. Then Zalhova-Strytseva, she can be difficult for anybody on her day.
1: Who's your underdog? Who's your surprise package, Catherine?
3: Men's or women's? Either. Do you know what, I th- I, in the men's, I am uh, I was looking at the draw earlier and uh, I was thinking, do you know what, there's always a run from a slightly outsider Aussie and I don't think it's going to be Nick Kyrgios this year because I think he's having... A little bit of trouble. Um, Leighton Hewitt could do something because it's Leighton Hewitt and it's the Australian Open. But I glanced down the drawer and I saw Thanasi Kokanakis and I saw that he's got one Filip Krajanovic, a pretty much unknown Serbian uh, in the first round. And then he's got a not-too-terrible potential draw in the second round. I think he'd have either Sam Groth or Bernard Tomic. And I thought I could see wildcard Kokanakis potentially reaching the third round, which would be amazing for the tournament. And I think you'll agree would be a surprise.
1: Hmm. Shizhu. It's
3: more of a surprise
2: than former winner here, Victoria (laughs) Azarenka, winning a couple of matches. Um, My surprise package, I think it is a surprise. It's the 35th ranked woman in the world she's a little pocket rocket she's a lunatic and her father's got really big hair I'm going for Camilla Giorgi of Italy to beat last year's quarter finalists and the 12th ranked player in the world Flavia Panetta in our country in the first round and then I'm giving her two or three more rounds because she'll go through the year not doing a lot except for feuding with the Italian Federation then she'll pop up on the ground i in a very short dress that her mother designs surprisingly with her father with sort of Einstein hair on the sidelines going absolutely mental <laughs> with a face Camilla Giorgi of steel you wouldn't want to mess with her, although she's only about two foot tall and she if again if she's on it she will fire through any woe betide you if you're standing in that woman's way so my surprise package is she'll deal with Panetta she'll roll on through a couple of rounds and then she'll have a meltdown and lose
1: Gigi Salmon, there here on the tennis podcast <laughs> now just before we go uh the British players because we are very biased on this tennis podcast and we are British, so we're going to talk about the British players to finish things off here. Now, we had a, a very good couple of results today from a British perspective. Heather Watson winning the title in Hobart and Carl Edmund qualifying 9-7 in the third set in, in his third qualifying match. He's now jo- drawn Steve Johnson of the United States, ranked 39 in the world. Heather Watson has got a really tough one on paper against Fatana Peronkova, who uh, had a good run in Sydney uh, last week. So what do we think, Catherine, how are those two going to get on?
3: I think Kyle Edmund has his work cut out. However, of all of the qualifier positions there were in that draw that he could have slotted himself into, I think that's probably the one he'd have picked. So um, if he's ever going to have a chance of winning a first round at a Grand Slam, I think think he'll be looking at that thinking, yeah, yeah, why not? He's got to do it sometime, You'd, you'd hope from a British perspective. So um, he's still the underdog, Steve Johnson or not, but he's less of an underdog than he could be. And uh, Heather Watson, she has beaten Svitana Poronkova before, I think. So at least once, possibly twice, but certainly once. So she's got a chance. She loves to come from a set down here, doesn't she? I remember, I remember, was it last year or the year before? A couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. she came for, She kept on coming from a set down. Um, I think that could be a nail-biter, but I think I, I think she'll come through that.
1: What do you think, Gigi?
3: I'm, I'm
2: saying Kyle Edmund, fantastic to get through the qualifiers, but I'm, I think he will leave us at round one, despite everything he's done. I think Heather Watson's got the confidence from Hobart, didn't drop a set on her way to winning that title. She's feeling good at the moment. Svetlana Poromkovic, she's hot and cold, It she disappears for months, she pops up, oh, look, great run at Wimbledon, then disappears, then pops up. And she was furious, because at Sydney, they wouldn't give her automatically they wouldn't give her a wild card despite the fact of last year everything she achieved there they made her come through qualifiers and she was so furious which i think helped her on a good little run there and she she blows hot and cold and i know heather watson can as well but i will go with watson coming through that just because of the confidence the match played having not dropped a set i'm putting heather watson three sets into round 2
1: well, because my predictions are so bad, I'm going to go with Peronkova on the hope that the reverse psychology works and Watson wins. That's my theory. Uh, now, Edmund, I suspect, won't have quite enough experience against Johnson just yet. But as Gigi said, great uh, experience for him to have got through the qualifying. Another stepping stone on the career for him. So well done to Carl Edmund. Oh, we also must mention uh, James Ward. He's got Fernando Vadasca. That's a tough ask, isn't
3: it? its is, it, Yeah, it's a tough ask. Um, I mean, great for him to have made main draw here. That's an achievement in itself and a real, a real marker for him for the year. To start the year making main draw at Le Slam, hopefully he can push on and put his very likely first round defeat to Fernando Verdasco behind him. But hey, any, anyone's got a chance, but... I'm, I'm not predicting a world victory, I'm afraid.
1: No, well, Van got to the semi-finals here a few years ago, very nearly beat Rafael Nadal, of course. Andy Murray's got a qualifier in the first round. Yuki Bambri of India, who I remember interviewing about five or six years ago when he, we, he just got to sort of number one in the world in the juniors. Great talent. This is the first time he's really popped up at this level and broken through.
3: I remember seeing him at a, it was a Champions Tour event in Zurich a few years years back where it tied in with a junior event with the top eight junior players in the world and I think he was ranked number one at the time and he had a hit with John McEnroe while he was there and he had talent scouts all around him and he looked fantastic, but then it's the classic, isn't it? It's the classic inability to kick on, whether that's due to decisions they make or just the fact that that transition is so, it's so much more difficult than I think a lot of people realise. So um, I, 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 I think Andy Murray will be untroubled, but it's pleasing. It's pleasing, first of all, to see someone from India in singles main draw, and... Um, And it's pleasing to see somebody who's obviously been plugging away for a number of years and not given up make a step forward like that.
1: Think Andy Murray's going to have a decent run here? Gigi?
2: I think if you face Sadio murray you'd rather face him on day one than the start of the second week. And a lot of the players in their press conferences, the top ten players, were saying today that first round is so difficult, whether you're defending champion, you're number one in the world, it's that first round, they'll suffer nerves as well, they're still adjusting to everything. So if you've got a chance against someone, whether it's an Adal or a Murray, anyone, it's on round one, and we know Murray can fluctuate in terms of how he's thinking, what he's doing. But I don't see a problem. I think, again, it's a wonderful achievement. It's a bit entertaining, but I see Murray. We haven't really talked about Murray. No one's tipped him for a surprise defeat, a surprise win, or getting anywhere near the final. But I do see him coming through his first two or three matches fairly
3: straightforward fashion.
1: I've got a little bit of a feeling for him, you know. I don't know. I think it, I think if he played against Federer,
3: know, maybe where, where does Murray feature in your Djokovic-Nadal final, David?
1: Loses to Nadal. Oh.
3: <laughs> and Murray would be David's
2: surprise package. <laughs> <laughs> getting through a few rounds.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're convincing me now. Uh, just to finish off, a few of your thoughts at Tennis Podcast. Ali uh, says federer vavrinka final. We haven't spoken about the defending champion Stan Vavrinka. how dare we? Serena against Halep, going with your view. There's Gigi, who raises her arms in victory. Uh, Kokanakis and Bencic will be the surprise packages, Ali says. The upset will be usually to beat Rafa and Vika to beat Caroline Wozniacki. Oh yes, Ali, I'm with you there. Now, Apex Tennis says first round upsets Jimmy Wang over John Isner. That would be an upset, wouldn't it? John uh, Mikhail Yuzhny over Nadal. Everybody thinks Nadal's a goner. Where's all your hope gone in the man? Uh, we've got Kainem who says, Roger against Milos Raonic for the men's final. Uh, and I'm afraid Andrea Petkovic, who I adore, may lose early. Oh well, there we are. Not to worry. Uh, now, this, is, this one did make me laugh. Adam Mulder, who I know works in the, the world of tennis, says the, uh, the, the surprise package, the upset, and the finalists in the men's side will be the same two people. It's going to be Edmund against James Ward.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is that an LTA employee by any chance?
1: Former. <laughs> uh, but, uh, anyway, and a final, final note uh, is from Nathan, who says, in the women's draw, it's going to be Azarenka against Halep. Well, I'll tell you what, Nathan, if Victoria Azarenka gets through to the final with the draw she's got, that'll be one of the most astonishing runs in history
3: yeah, jaws will drop everywhere, David. Come on, well no, no wait uncle. a minute. Even wins around here.
1: Sloane Stevens, Caroline Wozniaki, Serena Williams in the quarterfinals, just to get to the final four. Come on.
3: Yeah, she's not gonna do it.
1: Okay, uh, and, uh, and finally uh, the outsider is Jeannie Bouchard well come on Nathan that's as bad as me that can't be an outsider Jeannie Bouchard anyway thank you for your contributions as always do keep in touch with us at Tennis Podcast great pleasure to have Gigi Salmon with us here on the show
2: Thank you for having me. I hope you let me back on, despite some of my predictions. <laughs>
1: I might do, yeah. Well, we'll certainly hear lots of you, lots from you over the next week or two on BBC Five Live, on the radio and Five Live Sports Extra. Catherine Whitaker, it's quite good to have you back, really.
3: It, oh, well, thank you very much. I am honoured indeed, David.
1: Indeed. The sun is setting. It's Melbourne. It's beautiful. It's the Australian Open. Do enjoy the tennis. We'll speak to you soon. <laughs>